Welcome to the Talking with Tata podcast. I'm your host, Andy Schneider. Each week, we invite different specialists to give advice and information about raising children in today's environment. Today's episode is with Brian Kelly, the founder of The Points Guy, who is the leading voice in loyalty programs, points, miles, credit cards, essentially all things travel. And Brian gave us really just a number of tips about credit cards versus debit cards and miles, points, how to travel with children. He is a new father. His son is about to be one in October. And just really how travel has changed and how to travel with your children versus how to travel alone, how to be smart about everything. Business, a credit card, you can get points from going to a grocery store. I will absolutely be throwing away my debit card and I'm excited for you all to learn about what Brian has to share with you today. Traveling to Europe, almost every single European country that I've been to is so baby friendly. In Portugal, they pull you up to the front of the line for immigration. I mean, wow. I was just in Greece at the Mykonos airport. It was a shit show. And like they pulled me straight up to the front, like in because Europe. Because you had deep. Yeah. And wow. like at restaurants, like waiters. There's just a culture of like, and I think it's actually most places besides the US. I think the it's US is so negative about babies yeah. and inconvenienced yep. and like. Um, you know, throughout the Caribbean, I actually almost every, every country I've been to besides the US is better. And when I tell parents that they're like, oh, that's interesting. Today's tip of the week is exposing your child to the environment that they're in. And what does that mean? Well, in today's interview with Brian Kelly, you will be really learning a lot about just travel and exposing your child to a new environment. He is a new dad of an almost one-year-old, and we really talk about, of course, travel tips and all these different things, but what I want you to really take from today's episode is exposing your child to the environment that they're in. If you live in a suburb, take them into the city. Talk about the bus, sing wheels on the bus, try to correlate the environment with new vocabulary and new language skills. We live in Miami, so if you live in Miami, go to the beach. But the most important thing is take them to a city, take them to New York City and the public transportation, take them to a museum, talk about what you are viewing and allow your child to really learn about things that they'll be reading about in different child books. And as much as you can really embrace the environment that you're in, this will enhance their communication skills. I'm very excited to introduce Brian Kelly, the founder of The Points Guy, which is someone that I've been following you for a very long time. <laughs> the Points Guy is the leading voice in loyalty programs, points, miles, credit cards, essentially all things travel. I was really trying to do a little bit of thinking back. Instagram started, let's say, 2010-ish. We had Facebook before that. Mm -hmm. You were really the first influencer. Well, I think in, tra I mean, there were certainly travel influencers and travel bloggers. So I started the Points Guy in 2010. Mm -hmm. um, and in the frequent flyer mile and points world, there were blogs back as early as like 2005, but they were very hobby type blogs. Mm -hmm. and, and I remember reading them and they'd only update once or twice a week. And I was like craving more you content. And then that was kind of when I was like, I think I can be a blogger because I want to bring like a fresh young, you know, I'm gay in my 20s in New York in finance mm -hmm. and so many people in finance and consulting, uh, everyone loved points and yeah. miles. So that's why I started the blog in 2010. So like, I'm going to put my New York City spin. There's a lot of stuff that like did not make sense for busy New Yorkers to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's funny, so many people are like, the world doesn't need another travel. You know, people in the community were like, oh, you're just an, another, an, one. another one. And yeah. what do you have to offer? And what I love telling people, you know, when you're, when you're told that, just truck through and do it. Because now the points guy has more traffic than Anyone. travel and leisure, yeah. which is kind of 
yeah. crazy to yeah. me that like this blog that started in 2010 has now become like a huge powerhouse in travel. So do you correlate that to social media? Do you just think you killed it? What's, you know? I think a couple things. I think I've always been charismatic. And mm -hmm. like in college, I was not a studio. I, you know, undiagnosed at the time, like ADD. So I went to lecture and just <laughs> completely zoned out. Yeah. I looked there. I remember being like, how does anyone pay attention in a lecture hall? Like so boring, overstimulated with meeting mm -hmm. people. So I was more the fraternity student body president. And didn't have great grades, but I learned very quickly how to connect with people. And, you know, being head of student government, I basically was like running a small company and getting people, you know, leadership. So mm -hmm. all those skills, um, I think, set me up for when I started the blog, putting my personality into it. Yeah. Like I said, there were a lot of other bloggers, but they were all very clinical about travel. And here's how to use points to, but they never even showed pictures of themselves. Mm -hmm. And I do think like, I've been very perceptive on social media. I live a fun life. I've got fun friends. So let yep. me just share it. And I think that is what helped me catapult because then once I started to build a brand name for myself, I learned early on when you have notoriety, even as small as it was at the time, like you bring a presence. So when I would go into Amex and Chase to, for meetings and I walk in and people were like, oh my God, I saw your trip to India. That was insane. And then, so I knew early on, like building press mm -hmm. and doing media was going to be the way that I took right. the points guy to the next level. Because I'm right. not the smartest points person in the world. There are like far more geniuses that can go deep into it. Mm -hmm. But I am, I believe, the best at taking these somewhat complex concepts and making them, you know, easy to understand for a large audience. Okay. So let's say our talking with Tata audience, we have young professionals, parents. Um, we'll get into the family afterwards. But just, you know, can you give us – points 101. Yep. You know, I had a debit card for many years. Don't judge me. No, um, no judgment it was here. a GW George Washington yep. on the face of my credit card. Cause my I went first to college was like there. university of Pittsburgh. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't oh, even get, I went to Pitt. Yeah. Oh, okay. I know Pittsburgh very well. Yeah. Um, go Steelers. I obviously yeah. being a fan of yours and just my parents lecturing me, they mm -hmm. were like, get rid of this. You need your credit card, build up your points. So can you give us just like a yeah. basic, what are points? Yeah. You know, so why the first thing, so points are really important, but using a debit card's the dumbest financial move you can make. <laughs> unless I will just caveat this. If you were in credit card debt, if you can't handle, you know, budgeting, financing, if Paying you're gonna your, be yeah. tempted to pay, then absolutely stay away from credit cards. However, if you can pay your bills off, you know, every month in full and you're still using a debit card, you're harming yourself financially, not just for missing out on points, but when you use a debit card, you don't have nearly the protections. Mm -hmm. Like think of it, the credit card company, they loan us their money and then they'll cover those transactions for fraud, for anything. You know, like you buy a plane ticket and the plane goes out of business. If you have a debit card, you're not getting that money back. But you put it on your Amex, Amex mm -hmm. will instantly take things off. And I, I stress to people, even if you're a busy parent not traveling, the perks that come with credit cards can be, you know, incredibly rich. You know, mm -hmm. your kid breaks a vase that you just bought that you – Amex will take it off instantly. You don't even have to send in a yeah. receipt. Like, So perks, you know, points are important, but the perks of traveling, especially nowadays that flights are canceled, delayed – guess what? The airlines are cheap. They're not. There's no law that will make them reimburse you. Like you're going to be with your kids in the airport begging and screaming. And you might, if you're lucky, get a dirty motel room after standing in line for three hours with screaming kids. But if you use the right credit card, you know, the Chase Sapphire will reimburse you $1,000 per ticket for a delay over six hours. Right. You know, you, so you can get 
meals, diapers, you can get a rental car, you can get a nice hotel room with the pool so your kids can chill. And then the next day you go back to the airport. So what I tell parents is like, this is not just about the points and going on spring break and getting a discount on your flights. For everyone out there, like having the right credit card strategy, you know, it's all about the perks too mm -hmm. and making travel a whole lot more interesting. And also just, you know, I, I hate waiting in lines. I'm a very impatient person, but especially now I have an 11 month old. Yeah. Waiting in lines is my hell, right? So especially in airports, but that's why, you know, your child, you know, you got to get TSA pre-check. Mm -hmm. I see families all the time in that two hour long. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how you do it. Pay. And here's the tip. Don't pay $95 or $85 for TSA pre-check. Listen, every, get global entry. It's $100 for five years. You're paying essentially 20 bucks a year. Yeah. Global entry gets you through whenever you come back from abroad, even if you're doing one trip abroad every year or other year, going to Cancun. When you come back, I've seen lines now at JFK, mm -hmm. at Chicago that are two hours long for American citizens. With Global Entry, you're doing 30 seconds almost every single time. Now, the thing is your children, even a one-day-old child cannot go through Global Entry with you. They have to have Global Entry on their own. So interesting. This is what you do. Your baby, I Dean was born in October. As soon as we were home, you know, a week or two pass, I'm like, take your passport picture at home. Do not go into a post office <laughs> like I did. I actually did Dean's photo in the post office. <laughs> at like a week old. <laughs> and his head's bobbling and the woman it was no chaos. neck support. Yet. And yeah. then meanwhile, all my father, you know, I had dad brain. I was like, yeah. So I gave myself a little bit of grace, but you, you know, here's the tip. You'd get a white sheet, you put your baby on and have them, you know, with their eyes open, take a couple photos and then print them yeah. out. Haley, you, are you listening? You need to start doing this. <laughs> um, it is pretty simple to get a baby passport. Get it before you need it because passports take a long time. And it's it, hard, right? Isn't it? My sister's having a hard time with it right now. Yeah. Well, yeah, the renewals get really dicey because especially if you've got trips planned yeah. and you need it back. Here's another tip. Adults, you can get a second passport. You just have to give a reason saying my job or, you know, you can kind of, there's flexible reasons, mm -hmm. but you, I have two passports so that when one runs out or if I have to send one in for a visa, so most people don't realize you can have two. It is more paperwork for the average you person probably doesn't need one, but mm -hmm. if you lose one, it's like- Right. Like if you travel a lot, it's worth it. So anyway, so get your child. You have to apply for global entry. The other thing that people say is, well, it's really hard to get global entry appointments because- Unlike TSA PreCheck, where you can go to Staples and mm -hmm. sign up, Global Entry, you actually have to go to a Global Entry enrollment office, which are at most airports. But here's a hack. There is an app called Appointment Scanner, and it's just for Global Entry. So wow. once you get apply for Global Entry, you'll get conditionally approved, where the government says, hey, you're conditionally approved. You just need to go in. This is if you've traveled to any you know, controversial countries, they may interview like Cuba, Iran, if you've been to Saudi even, they may say, hey, what was the reason? They really want to make mm -hmm. sure global entry is given to people that don't have any sort of, most people, yeah. the interview is five minutes. They take your photo, your fingerprints. They Time say, here's, yeah. yeah. With babies, it's literally just a picture. There's mm -hmm. no questions, you know. Um, They're not plotting but anything. But the babies need, an, you know, to get an interview. So appointment scanner is 30 bucks. And you just, you know, if you're in New York City, there's an office at Bowling Green. Um, okay. In the, I think it, it's in a museum right down in the financial district. So you don't even have to go to the airport. Um, but appointment scanner will get, it scans all, all day, every day. And it'll just text message you. And every single day, appointments open up last minute. So you can take your child. It's so much easier. So that's yeah. a tip to getting global entry. Global entry also gets you pre-check, get your baby. But and you, if you do have clear, your child can go with you. And if you do have pre-check, pre you, you can bring your child with you. Right. But I'm just saying uh, for children getting global entry, because before Dean got his approved, we, we did have to wait in like a 45-minute line. He's cranky, trying to get home. Yeah. So 
try yeah. to avoid lines We're as much cranky. as possible. We're cranky. Imagine how yeah. kids feel. Absolutely. So, okay, you started this business, travel. What really inspires you to travel? Why are you such an incredible traveler? Um, I think I've always from the, you know, I've been in, you know, as a kid, I was a voracious reader. I had a big imagination. I'm one of four kids. My mom's one of 10. So big, Big huge family. My parents were not travelers, you know, their families, you know, very regional trips. Mm -hmm. I grew up pretty, you know, middle, middle, upper class, but my parents were very pragmatic. They saved for our colleges. They were not the type to splurge on fancy cars or Mm -hmm. trips. You know, we went to Orlando and North Carolina, I had a wonderful upbringing, but didn't really get any international travel Mm -hmm. until like the mid nineties. My dad was traveling a lot for work and he was like, if you can use our frequent flyer miles, you can plan the trip. But he's like, so I was 12 years old and I figured out, I called us airways and I pretended to be my dad. We both have the same name. And long story short, I was able to use all of his frequent flyer miles. We went to the Cayman Islands for free. Wow. And this was pre 9-11. So it was literally free. There were no taxes and fees or anything. Wow. And my parents and I laugh about it now because we're like, I was 12 years old and planned our trip. I rented a house. Verbo, VRBO, had just launched. So that allowed people with homes for the first time ever to put it up on the internet. Mm-hmm. So we had this amazing trip for, you know, what it would have cost for one hotel room. Um, so that's in the wow. 90s. That's why I my dad would travel for work and I would use his points. You were so 12 years old. 12 years old. And just, you know, we'd go to Barbados. And so it kind of started, points started to unlock a lifestyle, you know, my my parents, I'm the black sheep in my family. I like the nice cars. I like the nice trips. <laughs> we like luxury. And I was always, my mom always said, you've got a champagne, you know, <laughs> taste on a beer budget. So that's really like the basis of points and miles. I like that. Even when I graduated college, I was working at Morgan Stanley. I, I got hired August of 07. I thought I was going to make tons of money being in finance. Um, of course, you know, the whole financial world melted down mm-hmm. and, and I wasn't making a lot of money, but. I was traveling a ton at Morgan Stanley, and I had basically an unlimited Amex corporate card. I was in the the tech college recruiting. So even though the economy was bad, I still had to go out and hire 100 computer scientists out of college. So I was paying for the MIT career fair, $20,000 on my Amex. And then I realized for paying $100 a year, I could get all those points. So throughout the financial crisis, I was traveling a ton for work and then using those points. I mean, I was jet setting. I was broke. I literally had 150 bucks in my bank account, but I'd fly Emirates first class on the weekends. Oh, wow. So I was living this dual life. Because of your points. Because of my points. Yeah. I was cash poor, points rich. <laughs> and my friends eventually were like, you have to start a blog. Like you yeah. do realize what you what you You're do is not normal. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just started the blog for fun in 2010 and it within wow. nine months just blew up. Wow. At, from 12 years old to that. I mean, it's incredible. So all right. I have a thousand different questions for you, but when it comes to travel trends, what are you excited to see happen or maybe it's already happened and it's going to blow up soon? What are you excited about? Well, I think, you know, during the pandemic, everything was domestic, right? Mm-hmm. Every, you know, domestic airfares were through the roof. I mean, you were seeing $1,500 a night in Miami for like the most basic hotels, yeah. overrun, and there were no services. Everything was, oh, you know, we can't provide pool chairs because of COVID or the gym is closed. No, no like housekeeping, nothing. Yeah. So I think they still kept, especially at mid-tier and low-tier yeah. properties, like the, the hotel industry was like, great. People are now used to no, you know housekeeping, which Let's is now that. a huge cost. Mm-hmm. Domestically, we've seen domestic travel actually drop a lot in price. It's, everyone's going international. So mm-hmm. this was really the year. Last year was kind of the Europe year. This year, Europe was just crazy. Everyone. I mean, flights were like $7,000 round trip. Of course, unless you use points. And <laughs> I use points all summer long to go back and forth to Europe. But so many of my friends are like, how did you do that? 
So key tip, use foreign frequent flyer programs. So if you have Amex or Chase or City Points or Capital One or Built, you can actually transfer those points. And most people are like, oh, I'm just going to transfer my Amex to Delta because that's the airline I know. But here's the deal. Delta now charges like 500,000 and up for a business class ticket to Europe. But you can get the same flights by transferring to Air France. Their frequent flyer program is called Flying Blue. And I use it non, that's the number one program I used to hop the Atlantic. Mm -hmm. So listen, if you're, if you're listening, you just go sign up for free Air France Flying Blue Freedom Flyer account. And then you can search for award tickets. Um, If you live in New York, Chicago, Miami, any of the, like the, the Air France gateways, just search Mm -hmm. their website. Um, But it's like 57,500 miles each way for business class. Mm -hmm. So you'll pay 600,000 miles on Delta and 115 on Air France. And if you're savvy, Right now, there's like an Amex transfer bonus to Flying Blue of 25%. So you can actually get it for like less than 50,000 miles each way for business class. Right. And then they also have these promo awards every month where certain cities have cheaper. So it's like you stack these bonuses. And right. I mean, you can, especially if you've got a family, even in economy, it's only like 20,000 miles each way. So that's, and Virgin Atlantic Flying Club is another one for, they have tons of award space to Europe and Air or Air Canada Aeroplan, any parent listening to this, if you use frequent flyer miles. So the joy of Air Canada is that, you know, most airlines, when you book a lap infant, mm-hmm. And by the way, you know, in the U.S., I would always buy my son, you know, put him in his Duna and just buy a seat. Yeah. But internationally, actually, a lot of the European airlines won't even let you buy a seat for a child under two. That's what I've heard. So. And there's been arguments about it. I see these TikToks everywhere. Yeah. So you can say what you want. I mean, I think most flight attendants would say, "Hey, look, put your child in a car seat whenever possible." Yeah. But you, you know, I actually bought Dean a ticket once on Iberia. They actually allowed it, but it was a huge fight at check-in. It really messed up the system. at the end of the day, the Europeans believe putting your child on your lap with a seatbelt around them is the safest mm-hmm. because children should not, especially for super long flights, they shouldn't be in a car seat for like keeping them in the car seat. Long, yeah, there's mixed time. opinions so, about that. I, you know, there's, but the bottom line is you can't even bring your child in a car seat until two on most airlines. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, I, to the point is most airlines, if you redeem points, so say you book Air France business class and you get that great deal of 150, 115,000 flying blue points for yourself. When you go to book your child as a lap infant, what they do is they charge 10% of the full fare ticket. And in business class, that can be a $10,000 ticket. Wow. So you're paying $1,000 just to have your child sit in your lap, which is, it sucks. Yeah. The kicker, the program that's, the two programs that are amazing is Air Canada charges you 20 bucks flat fee. So no matter- $20 to have your child on your lap. Correct. And so that is like, when I was having my child, all my friends in the points world were like, Brian, you're going to fall. I've always loved Air Canada Aeroplan. Um, it's a really good freaking, it's part mm-hmm. of Star Alliance. You can book United, Singapore Airlines, Lufthansa. And also Virgin Atlantic is very reasonable with lap infants as well. They wow. just charge like a hundred bucks. So just one little tip for the new parents out there. If you're using points, yeah. you'll be, sh- a lot of people are shocked. Like if you use Emirates and fly first class, it's a $30,000 ticket. You'll literally be charged $3,000 to bring your child with you. Wow. So, um, so how are you learning this though? Are you just as you go, or is it something that you've been definitely learning as I go? Okay. Because it's hard. Every airline has different rules, yeah. and some airlines won't let you sit in the first row or the side seats. So it is a, it, it's challenging. But you know, there are a lot of really smart travel bloggers with kids that I lean on. Mm-hmm. So even with getting a travel stroller, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm six seven, so the Duna was amazing. And my son is a big. How boy. do you reach it? You're tall. Well, I know I was hunched over. Yeah. The, and the Duna was is I still love it. And it's great. Yeah. 
even though I had to hunch a little bit, it was so easy, mm-hmm. you know, because I flew at three days old with my son because he was born, his yep. surrogate was in LA and I really just wanted to get home. Once you get down the clasp, unfold, fold, click, you know, go from, yep. the, from the Uber to the car to the plane. But my, you know, Dean outgrew that at like six and a half months, seven months, even though it's, he's wide, so okay. he's crunched in it. He outgrew it at six. Yeah, he's going to be. He's a big boy. Yeah. yeah. Wow. He's just wide too. He's, he's going to be tall. Yeah. I hope, hope, I hope. For his sake, he's not as tall as me. Six seven is like freakish. Six seven. I'm hoping is like he peters out at around six four okay. max. That we'll would take be it. good. Yeah, That's six great. four has definitely got gruff. You know. Yeah. But, you know what's to be will be. Yeah. But anyway, um, wow. but my Kirsten, a blonde abroad, is a travel. She has a child, and her husband's six six. So it's like I looked to her. I was like, what? Is, you know, the yo yo travel mm-hmm. stroller is what most. You're European. Yeah. It's the yo-yo is probably the best because most airlines know it and will allow you to bring it on board. And it fits on every. It fits on yeah. every plane. So the I have the Ergo Baby Metro Plus Deluxe, which fits on every plane mm-hmm. so far. However, a lot of airlines will all that all the agents know is yo-yo. So what I do is I just lie and say it's a yo-yo. And they're like, okay, good. They don't know the difference. They don't know yeah. the difference. Yeah. You walk on like you own the plane. You don't ask. Do not ask. Is this okay? That's my big tip. <laughs> walk on like you own the plane. Your your stroller's gonna fit and. Um, the Metro Plus Deluxe has had no issues on small planes, big planes. So, mm-hmm. and for tall parents, it's great because it has an adjustable mm-hmm. and it's a Handle. high quality. So, I, I yep. really like that. But otherwise, um, yeah, a lot of it is just there's so much information on the internet now, and you read reviews, and a lot of reviews are sponsored, and so it can be tough. There's so many options mm-hmm. nowadays, but. Um, do you see your business going in a direction of trying to expand towards families? And you know, parents? it's funny you say that. So originally I was like, yeah, hypothetically. So, and I sold the point sky in 2012. I'm still a part of it. Mm -hmm. I'm now an employee of my own, the company I created, which is great. And when I had Dean, I had all these intentions and I did, I like, I shared some stuff on passports Mm -hmm. and I like sharing tips, but like being a daddy blogger, it's like not for me because it's like, it is a lot of work and I have no, no shade on the mommy and daddy bloggers out there. I think that the content's important, Mm -hmm. but you know, and I probably could be making affiliate money on, but I, I just share the stroller stuff. I share what I know now. Luckily, unfortunately, I'm in a position where I don't have to make it a business. Yep. I think I'm still struggling with like, I'm so proud of my son and I do share him on social media. I don't use him in paid posts or anything like that. But yeah, I've kind of made the decision. I don't want to make this a business off a of business. that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, And I also just think you're learning and you're sharing your yeah. expertise with people, but you know, you're giving your opinion. Exactly. And you're never, I mean, I learned early on when I brought him home. I mean, everyone has an opinion on everything. Yeah. I, I remember just having him in my docketot next to oh, me. Oh God, <laughs> don't get people And started. I had no idea. Oh my God, you know, you're yeah. going to kill your, I'm like, I'm sitting and watching him. Yeah. It's like, you know. There's a lot of opinions, new parents. Um, I sometimes am even nervous to just say things because, and I have like research backing and I just yeah. work with kids, but yeah, you have to be a little I careful. Mean, yeah. And I'm definitely a, you know what, you know, and I do, I've done things like, you know, when you're traveling a lot, like I, this trip to Europe this summer, I had a car seat with the car rental company. And actually I had my, like the villa that I rented, they were like, we have a new car seat for you. Mm-hmm. But a lot of parents like screamed at me. They're like, you never know that car seat could have been crumpled in a car accident. It could be. Ki-. And I'm like, at a certain point, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I feel brain. like I'm a European parent. Yeah. I'm not an American yeah. overdoting. I'm 40 years old. I think I was the last generation of like free range kids. My year, I saw half my friends were like the helicopter parents mm-hmm. who called, call me when you leave school, call me halfway home, pull over to the side of the road, call me, call me, call me. And I'm like, my parents were very chill. I work. love to have that yep. flexibility. Yep. So 
I'm sure I will change as time goes on, but I'm not, you know, I'm not just that parent who's just going to go over the top safety on everything because it's just not practical at a mm -hmm. certain point. Yeah. And, You'll be a nervous wreck your whole life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So one more question just about credit cards here, because I have an American Express. Do you have a preference? Should we have a thousand credit cards? What are yeah. we thinking? Well, I mean, I have 25 credit cards, <laughs> but this is what I'll tell people. It actually helps your credit the more credit cards you have, do not get a ton all at once because it would it could look funky like mm -hmm. you're trying to... Because what happens is when people go bankrupt, mm -hmm. they'll apply for more just to max out because they know they're going to... It's a little weird. But getting one or two credit cards a year with 100,000 point sign-up mm -hmm. bonus, that's a part of a good strategy. You'll have more available credit to you and the less that you use every month, the more your score goes up. So okay. if you do the credit card game with you know intention, auto pay, pay everything off in full, get a couple new cards a year... You know, I th I know I was taught like any increase to your credit's going to kill your credit score, but that's just false. Like there's a temporary like two to five point ding when you get a new line of credit, but it immediately gets counteracted by the biggest aspects of your credit score are paying on time and your debt to credit ratio. So the more yeah. credit you have available that you're not using, your score goes up. So a healthy way is just get a couple credit cards a year with sign up bonuses, but also the cards that reward you for what you're spending money on, like groceries. Like get mm -hmm. it. so many of my friends in New York City wear Amex Platinum lounge, you know, they, and then they have kids and they're spending a ton more on groceries and they're still using MX Platinum, which is a great card for perks if you want the lounge and everything, yeah. but it's a terrible card for points because you only earn one point on everything. And everyone just expects, well, the Platinum's like the most expensive Amex card, so wouldn't it be the best, the best. for points? It's yeah. not. The Amex Gold is way better. You earn four points on dining and groceries. And so you think about, those are the categories where we spend a lot of money. Right. So it's like getting it. You can still have a Platinum, but get an Amex Gold you know, and then, you know, there's Uber credits and all sorts of, there's ways to get the annual fee mm -hmm. back. So I'm doing it all wrong. <laughs> well, and I'll say to built credit card, if you pay rent, um, the built credit card, full disclosure, I'm an advisor. I've helped create this credit card from scratch because wow. rent was always one of those categories where so many people, it's the biggest thing you spend money on. Yep. And you could pay for rent on credit card, but it would be like 3% fee, which would negate the value of points. So BILT, B-I-L-T, is the first credit card where you can pay rent up to $5,000 a month, you get points, no annual fee, and no fee on the rent payment. Truly, like even if you have wow. a landlord who doesn't accept credit cards, like an old school landlord that only takes checks, you can cut checks to your landlord using your BILT card, no fee, and you earn points on that. And once again, by putting your rent on your credit and paying it off in full every month, your credit score increases. You wow. can even use your bill points to pay rent or even save up for a down payment. So that's like one, it's like no brainer. And those points you can transfer to American, you, you know, United, Hyatt, yeah. like they're really good points. Yep. So yeah, so it's like, look at what you spend your money on and then just get a card that rewards you. I have a Capital One Venture X. That's two points on everything. So the way I look at it is every single transaction wow. I spend, I want to be getting more than one point per dollar. Right. So my Venture X gets everything. You know, my rent goes on my built, gas and gross, I mean, groceries and dining on Amex Gold. And then sometimes I do have airline cards. If you're getting elite status, it mm -hmm. might make sense to spend on them. So you get your elite status, which can give you perks, but. So you divide it all up. I, yeah, this. I have like a strategy. Yeah. I mean, for the, I think for, if you want to have a decent, I would say having like five different credit cards that bonus you out in different categories and also have like perks, like free nights. And also just remember, you know, this Chase Sapphire, for example. I mean, the Chase Sapphire Reserve is like kind of the go-to 
for good, you know, for people who love points, you get mm-hmm. triple points on travel and dining. And the travel includes all flights, hotels, but also parking, tolls, subway, mass transit. There's so much I don't think about when it comes so, to So, and also with the Chase Sapphire, like I said earlier, it protects you if you have, if your trip's delayed or right. canceled, if your mi- bags go missing, it has, you know, missing uh, baggage protection. So. Okay. So let's talk about your new son. Um, I told you this before. I'm obsessed with his name, Dean Kelly, Dean James Kelly. He is going to be a star. Tell us about him. What's he like? He is, I mean, I know every parent is, <laughs> is, uh, he's special. He really mm. is. He's a clone of me, which equal parts like is so exciting. And then also scary because I know I was a handful as a child. Like I was very kind of bored of like I pushed the boundaries yeah. a lot. I did a lot of dumb things and it took me a while to figure out my course in life. But no, he's very charismatic. Like he walks into a room. I mean, when I have him in my carrier, like everyone says, oh my God, it's the Gerber baby. Like he's got this like just Aww. toothy smile. He's a very happy baby. I mean, he's healthy and happy. And um, he's around a lot of people. He's around a lot of people, you know, all day long. And I work from home too. So yep. some days... Sometimes I'm like, am I spending enough time with him? But then I realize, like, I get to be with him all day, like even 20 minutes Which in between special. meetings. And yeah. I'm like, you know, and I think being a single parent, I'm dating someone now, but I had Dean when I was single. Yeah. It was important for me to have female, you know, my my mom's amazing and she's very active in his life. But like for his nanny, I wanted special, mm-hmm. like really, and I really, it took a couple tries. And I I thought, you know, early on, I was like my first kid. I'm just going to listen to whatever nannies say. Mm-hmm. And I kind of was just overwhelmed. But I l- learned very early on, like, I actually have this understanding of my son way more than I gave myself credit for, like what he needed. Like I had an, an, a, a nanny in the very beginning who literally wasn't feeding him because she thought he had uh, gas. And I'm, and she was like really like hitting him hard, like trying to burp him. And he's crying because I'm like, he's hungry. Right. He's sucking. So She's like, but there's instinct. no way that she, and she was old school. And she was like, there's no way that he can drink this much milk. He's only five days old and he had like five ounces. But I talked wow. to my doctor. My doctor's like, if that baby is a hungry, feed yeah. him. You know, and if yeah. he finishes a bottle, put more in. Like the bit, you know. Right. What's the worst that's gonna happen? And I had a talk with her, and she's like, she still could not believe that he was that hungry. Mm-hmm. And she and I came home and I saw the logbook, and I was like, you let him go five hours. He's upset. He's not, wow. get, you know. Yeah. So I had to fire her immediately, and I, I felt bad, but I was like, no, like, no, 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 no. Early on, like, I'm gonna take as much advice, and I do respect. I mean, women mm-hmm. who have done this their whole lives, but. I know what he needs too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so coming into that very early on. So it's like vulnerable being like, I know I need the help. It's so funny because I'm very open with having nannies mm-hmm. and people are so shocked on social media. They're like, you're the only influencer that admits to having help. And yeah. I'm like, I didn't realize how like a lot of parents, like to a lot of people, they're, they're just so tickled because I'm very open about how I travel with them. And, yeah, you're honest, which yeah. I, I mean, that's why I love following you. But we have people on here all the time. And we had, you know, one guest who even said to us, like, I have to have someone help me because I'm working. And I think you make it relatable. And I think that's what people need to know. Well, I just have to say, you know, when everyone said to me, the hardest job in the world is a working, you know, stay-at-home mom, I like got it. But I was kind of like, okay, yeah, no, no, no. It is. Uh, to be clear, and I've had a lot of like tough jobs, corporate jobs, there is no harder job mm-hmm. than especially being with an eight-month-old who's on the go nonstop. Yeah. You know, in newborns who are up nonstop, you don't get a break. So yep. I just want to give a shout out to all the moms, the <laughs> single moms, single parents out there who don't have Single that. parents, single dads. Oh, I have chills now thinking yeah. about, I mean, I would obviously, you do it, you mm-hmm. figure it out, you've got that love, but yeah. like I'm so fortunate. To, now I have a really 
incredible. You know, Dean has a you know his main nanny that is like she's just Family. like a force. And I watch yeah. her with him and the patience. Yep. That's what I'm learning. The biggest thing I've learned is patience. I'm the New Yorker on the go. I get Not things easy. done. Yeah. And I'm just learning now. You know, even today in the car, we're in traffic. He's crying. I'm in the front seat. And I'm just like, you know, I found myself getting like frustrated. I'm yeah. like, no, but Brian, take his arm. You know, I was yeah. like just trying to put his passy in like, we're almost over. You know, just trying to figure out where, what snacks can I give right. him. But then I just like held his hand and I was like just rubbing his hand in the car and we're sitting in Holland Tunnel traffic and we had peace and I was like, okay, this, you know, calm down. Like, yeah, look, babies are people like us. Yeah, Don't yeah. you just want someone almost like a therapist to be like, it's going to be fine. We'll be there in 20 yeah, minutes. Yeah. And I actually told a mom that recently. Um, her son was about 14 months and she said, he's not, you know, talking to me. How do I just talk to him? Mm -hmm. Explain. We'll be, you know, we're in the tunnel right now. We'll be there in 20 minutes. Like children are people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and people say to me all the time, how do you have patience? I'm like, well, I'm with your child for an hour, 45 yeah. minutes, 30 minutes. You know, you're with them all day long. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. It's tough. Well, um, that's the thing with traveling now. Cause in the beginning and parents, newborn, you know, parents with newborns, it's easy, like when they just sleep all day long. <laughs> they sleep all the time, and my biggest tip is like just as much as you can. Like obviously, your kids pick up off your energy, mm -hmm. and you know I know boarding a plane, you might think everyone's going to hate you because of a baby. Get that out of your head, yep. and just you belong there. You know, if someone doesn't want to travel with babies on their plane, they are welcome to charter their own jet. Planes are public transportation. Full yep. stop. Like your child deserves to be there, like anyone else. Yep. Like, and yep. but yeah, so now Dean is like. Really, he started walking like he's, he's 11 he, months. He's 11 months and he's walking like a drunken sailor, taking steps wow. here and there. But he's like, he's very determined, very um, love that. It's funny, like, yeah, he's he's like just, but now on the plane, we're flying back from France, and like, usually I can just cradle him, read him a yeah. book, blah blah blah. No. Now he's like, okay, I'm holding his hands in the aisle and like going to the galley and just like. Yeah, but people but, like that. I mean, yeah, I think, oh my, yeah. you know, like you said, everyone's scared to get on a plane with a baby. Sit next to me. I love them. I'll I think, take them from I you. I think I am lucky. And I will also tell, traveling to Europe, almost every single European country that I've been to is so baby-friendly. In Portugal, they pull you up to the front of the line for immigration. I mean, wow. I was just in Greece at the Mykonos airport. It was a shit show. And, like, they pulled me straight up to the front, like... In because Europe, you had Dean. Yeah, and wow. like at restaurants, like waiters. There's just a culture of like, and I think it's actually most places besides the U.S. I think the it's U.S. is so negative about babies yeah. and inconvenienced yep. and like, um, you know, throughout the Caribbean. I, actually, almost every every country I've been to besides the U.S. is better. And when I tell parents that, they're like, oh, that's interesting. I'm like, go to Portugal. Everywhere we went, people wow. were so unbelievably friendly. Are you it. seeing airlines changing their policies for babies and just new families in general? Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of airlines have offered, like Etihad used to have a nanny on board every long-haul flight. And um, Lufthansa wow. now, you know, bassinets are really mm -hmm. a challenge. Dean is so big he really doesn't fit in them so and bassinets are challenging because you, you can't have your baby in them for takeoff and landing yeah. and if there's turbulence so if they're like but i hear there's like uh, lufthansa is going to be launching a new type of bassinet that's like more built into the seat you know because there hasn't really been any innovation no. with them in a long time just like time. the ones that come out of the wall and there. it's yeah. so confusing which seats have it mm -hmm. like you're trying to call the airline you yep. know um absolutely yeah. so tips for parents number one tip travel tip what do you have for us i would say Always make sure you have the right seats in advance. Um, President Biden kind of spanked the airlines recently and said you have to let families sit together for free. I think what a lot of families do, you know, in the and I get it with so much going on, you don't once you book your ticket and really like when you book 
online through different websites. It can be complicated, like when possible, book directly with the airline and choose seats. And if they're charging for seats with your child, you can call them and explain, like, I'm with my baby, like we should be able mm -hmm. to sit together. Delta now has certain parts of the plane that they have for families that they're you know, and empowering their gate or their phone agents to sit, seat families for free, but really try to like understand the seating. I always go to seatguru.com too. Um, depending on your baby, you know, being near the galley can be a lot of noise or bathrooms can be really disruptive to babies, yeah. especially because you'll finally get your baby to sleep and then people are slamming like the bathroom door Talking the whole time. The so, yeah. Um, but yeah, so try to pick a plane, like you understand where the seating is, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, just be prepared in general. I, I remember a parent just told me, like, your child will have a blowout right before the flight. Mm -hmm. You know, so have changes of clothes, have a Ziploc with all the necessities, yep. have an extra Ziploc to throw out. Like, look, if that onesie's tarred, just Get throw it, it out, yep. you know? So always have more than what you think you'll need. Yep. Snacks, toys, little books. Yeah, I'm going to do a whole episode basically about like the toys and like screen time. It's okay. Yeah, Make your life easier. Totally. You know, if you need to give your child an iPad for the yep. eight hour flight. It's not going to be okay. the yeah, end of the world. Yeah. So. You're not stunting their education because yeah. you're giving them that. Yeah. Absolutely. So you used a surrogate. I did. And I discussed this with you before, but people don't know enough and think it's a faux pas or they don't know yeah. about egg donor, sperm donor, surrogacy, what the difference is. How was your experience? My experience, it was challenging at first because I, this is what I would recommend to anyone going through the process. Get your IVF doctor first. So there are top IVF doctors all across the US. You can research them. Mm -hmm. In the LGBT world, I wanted to choose a doctor that worked a lot with LGBTQ oh. families. So I went with Dr. Donishman from San Diego Fertility Clinic. He's amazing. Um, Dr. Gadir uh, in Los Angeles. He's a friend. He had a Dear Media podcast about uh, IVF. Wow. Really charismatic. Both of them really – Dr. D is my um, – the one I went with, but Dr. Gadir is also, like, awesome. But there's a lot of great IVF doctors. So think about – find that first – and then talk with them. They work all the time with surrogacy agencies, mm -hmm. and they know everyone. So if you yep. get in with a good doctor, you – First of all, just focus on your process of, so for me, my sperm was great. I just needed to get an egg donor. Mm -hmm. And it's surprising to me how many people have no idea that like egg donors and surrogates are usually different yep. in almost it's not all the same cases. Person. Yep. Um, so yeah, so I went through an egg donor or egg agency um, and there's some agencies will only have baby pictures. Um, some, in my experience, the more higher end agencies yep. had everything like uh, so i my egg donor i personally don't know but she's an open donor meaning i wanted to give my son the ability when he's 18 to reach out to his biological wow. okay. mother so she was an open donor and also i saw all the pictures of her her kids so it was i really you know got a sense of who this person mm -hmm. was um for me you know you can race, ethnicity, religion, location. I mean, there's a lot of different factors, mm -hmm. education. You know, for me, I went through family history. Um, you, you know, one of, you know, so you have to sit there and think, what do you want? You know, for me, I wanted to choose, because I'm a single dad, I wanted to choose an egg donor. While, like, I didn't want to choose an ethnicity that was completely different because the last thing I wanted was for people, because we all do it, like, when you see someone who's really, mm -hmm. you know, a mixed ethnicity, like, oh, what are you, right? right. Like, we, I, you hear that a lot of times. You, yeah. you can, humans are naturally interested yeah. when they, and um, so for as much as I could, I wanted to kind of choose a, uh, an egg donor that kind of looked like me in a certain way to, yeah. 
um, so that he wouldn't have additional. He's going to have enough questions of, wait, you only have one dab, blah, yep. blah, blah. Your There's going to be a lot of, yeah. I didn't want to further complicate that. Absolutely. Um, and I think that's fair to your son to yeah. say. And you can be honest about that. Yeah. Will you tell him about? Of course, from the yeah. very beginning. Yeah. Everything I've read, and for, at least from my perspective, the more open you are, the less they feel lied to, the less, you know, trauma, hopefully. Yeah, it's normal. You yeah. tell them early on. Yeah, there's children's books now about the special yeah. mommies and, yeah. you know, the the special people, you know, that helped, you know. So I think if you norm, like kids, you know, we all know, like, kids are not born with hate in their hearts or, you know, the more you open them up. Yep. So my plan is to be as upfront as possible with that. Yeah. So anyway, my, but I got really lucky. So I did, you can buy frozen eggs or you can basically do a cycle where mm -hmm. you pay an egg donor and then you get whatever eggs they have that, you know, in a month. So they go on some hormones mm -hmm. and then you, you know, get a batch of eggs. Are they just healthier so, or? Well, it depends. So when you buy frozen eggs, there's always going to be breakage when you like unfreeze. Mm -hmm. So you know, it's more expensive to get, and you know, it's a risk that, because mm -hmm. you may not get any viable eggs, you could get a hundred, right? Like, so I did a, um, you know, a cycle and I forget the exact numbers, but I think I got like 30 good eggs. That's great. It was great. Wow. Yeah. And then if you choose to use a top IVF, you know, or good IVF doctor, you can do a lot. So like, even with like your sperm, you can put it through an obstacle course, they, you know, like where you basically they, even with your sperm sample, they make, uh, it's like, you know, they choose the very bet, the strongest sperm who can make it to the end of this. Like yep. I'm saying it very like That's eloquently. Okay. That's okay. So the point is like, you're hopefully getting the strongest sperm and then you can do, you know, you inseminate, you get a number of eggs and then you can do genetic testing on the embryos that you have. So you wait for the genetic testing for the embryos. So you can, yeah. So once you have embryos, um, you can then basically like my IVF doctor, you get a report back mm -hmm. and they rank them based on like, you know, cause I think they go to blastocyst, which is like eight days after insemination is when the cells start to turn. Mm -hmm. And that's the point where they can start to see like, these are the embryos that are like top notch. These are like ready to go. Mm -hmm. These ones are, you know, hold on. Yeah. yeah. So I went with the top, you know, and luckily for me, they say to plan to have three embryos for each child you mm -hmm. want to have. However, like talking with my doctor, he said it's actually a lot higher. If you do all of the, uh, you know, testing and you, he's like, we, we have a much higher percentage chance of success when you do all of that. So I chose my top, you know, uh, embryo and I was very fortunate on my first transfer uh, to my surrogate. And I, it was crazy when I, I went in for the, the embryo transfer, it's wild. They have a Petri dish. You double check. It's your name. Wow. And then, so I actually got to see my son born from like essentially day like day one, wow. technically day eight. And you chose a boy. You wanted a son. I chose a boy. Yeah. You can find out the sex mm -hmm. before you. Um, and it's funny in the U S is one of the only countries that allows that my friends in Canada, are, oh, you're not allowed to actually choose. Yeah. Interesting. Cause we have so many rules here about surrogacy and yeah, but and funny and enough, the U S is like the best. I mean, my doctor, because in Europe, surrogacy is illegal in most countries, yeah. France, Ireland, like all of my gay European friends have had to come to the U S yeah. In China, they all come to the U S so the U S while there's all rules in every state, you know, New York state just legalized it a couple of years ago. Yep. It's still the best place in the world. Yep. So it's expensive, but we're so fortunate here that, you know, especially in the LGBTQ community, mm -hmm. um, that we're allowed to have kids. Um, wow. Some, yeah. A lot of countries you can't. So yeah. anyway, yeah, yeah, I was in the room when the embryo tra and to me that was almost. I mean, obviously my son's birth was the most insanely magical day. And you were there for. I was you there, were in and the room. right before his birth, I, the doctor says to me, "You want to deliver your son?" 
And Very Courtney like, Kardashian when she pulled out the baby. I pulled out my baby. That's wow. my friend. I never saw that episode, but all my oh, friends my were like, you're Courtney. Yeah. Oh, wow. it was like. Wow. Um, so anyway, but I was there when the, and I saw the embryo go, you know, hit the, the uterine lining wow. and I just started sobbing. And it was so cool. My surrogate, who very close with, she's a lesbian, and her wife was there. And we had just been talking about, we were all both supposed to go see Adele in Vegas when she had canceled the first mm -hmm. time. And we we're talking about how much we loved Adele. We go into the room, we transfer the embryo, and I'm sobbing, and I had to get on a plane back to New York. And I walk out of the room trying to like compose myself, and Adele is playing on the- It's meant to be. And I was just like, I knew that. I just knew that like I- was becoming a father like wow. I just so you then, knew that one was working and, yeah and yeah. if you're in with your surrogate so sh you're not supposed to like for two weeks later then they go back to their doctor but my surrogate was like do you want me to take an at-home test she's like I can usually tell what she's like, she's like I know what I'm this pregnant. was her yeah. fourth kid that she had, wow. had so she's like I know when I'm pregnant and she had actually texted me was like sorry I don't really feel like I'm pregnant don't freak out but then the next day she just sent me the positive pregnancy test and I remember exactly where oh. I was I was at dinner with my parents and it was just like here we go so I'm about to be a dad it yeah. has been the most like, yep, incredible, incredible experience. Incredible, yeah. Experience. I can't wait for the day. I am not there yet, but I did freeze my eggs, so I know a little bit about this entire process. And it's yeah, it's incredible. I have three nieces. They are the background of my phone. I am yeah. in love with them. Sloan, Summer, and Willa. I am Aww. like, I am dying for them. So you want more children? I do actually. I've kind of started the process because my brother's wow. two years older than me, and it was amazing. Like we shared a room growing up. Yep. You know, we fought, but like we're really tight now. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking like, you know, I got to get started soon because Dean's about to turn one. Yeah. So I kind of love. I mean, it's amazing being able to plan. You know, I'll take. Yep when it happens, but you know, having, I transferred the embryo in January and Dean was an October baby. Mm -hmm. And then I took Dean home. I falls like my favorite season, just being home. And then yep. it's the holidays. It, that to me was like, the maybe most. again, January so, yeah, will be your, we'll see. Yeah. So we, we've started the process. I would recommend to anyone, even if you're thinking of surrogacy, there can be really long wait times. Yeah. But what I also will tell you is, so there's a couple big surrogacy agencies in the U S I met with them all and they were like three years, four years. I'm like, what, you know, wait list, you're wait saying, list. yeah. However, there Jeez. are, I used Elevate Baby, which is an LGBTQ focus. They certainly do more than just LGBT families, mm -hmm. but they were, they have surrogates now that are available. So I kind of was like really bummed out. And I thought that those were really my only options because mm -hmm. everyone I talked to is like, yeah, you know, it's like Circle and a couple other, the big mm -hmm. firm, but there's plenty of smaller agencies that are perfectly, you know, awesome to deal Just with. Just do your research. So do your, and back to my original suggestion, get with the good IVF doctor you love and they have tons of recommendations. Yep. And once I really got in with Dr. D, his staff were incredible. They hold your hand through the process and they kind of know what you need surrogacy wise. Mm -hmm. They can link you up with the right surrogacy agencies and hopefully you can find the best fit. Yeah. It's really incredible. I mean, look, I said this before, I have friends who want egg donors, sperm donors, you know, surrogates. It's, first of all, we don't really understand why people are having such trouble if they are having mm -hmm. trouble, but you know, it's so not talked about. And I think you're probably one of the very few. I mean, I know that there's some like big celebrities out there who do mm -hmm. discuss it, but no one talks about it. And it makes me so upset. Obviously, look, I'm a speech therapist, but I, that's why I like to interview people just because I want people to know that it's okay. It's okay to ask questions. Um, do people DM you all the time? Just a about good your... amount. Yeah. And I've had a lot of like a female followers who are successful and in yep. their 30s that are like, hey, look, is it as crazy? You know, and I think so much in our heads is, you know, for me, it's just like unwinding in our heads what society expects from mm -hmm. us. Like, wow, it's so crazy, you know, to have a baby as a single person. But honestly, like, I love 
I mean, and thank, I have the resources for the yeah. help, which certainly I get makes a Helps. big difference. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like I love being able to, and my son, you know, I, of course I had in my head, oh my God, am I stunting him? And I have some negative people on Instagram, like you're going against God's order, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but I look at my son now, I'm like, my son is healthy and happy and thriving mm -hmm. and living this incredible life. And no one will ever tell me otherwise, mm -hmm. you know? So you know, what I say to anyone out there who wants to be a parent, but are you worried about what your family will think or friends or whatever? All I can say is when you have your child and you look in their eyes and you have that, you know, that bond with them, that's all that matters. Mm -hmm. um, right. You block out the noise. And for people who don't want to support you. And I tell this to people in the gay world who are in the closet and afraid if people don't like them. Well, guess what? It, it will hurt. But the people who don't want to support you for doing what is your path in life, then they're not meant to be with you. And it mm -hmm. may hurt, but like shedding that weight of people who don't want you to live your authentic life mm -hmm. will be the best thing that happens to you. I completely agree. Absolutely. Yeah. And look, I, you know, you, I actually discussed this with a friend of mine, but you have to, do you have thick skin? Like, how do you, do you just turn off the comments, say, unfollow me? I don't care. Like, what is your... Well, once, yeah, if I get any of the real hateful comments, it's very rare. My audience is, they're smart, You have a educated. great audience, yeah. Like, I rarely have to deal with it deal with yeah. like negativity i just yeah. block stuff yeah. you know and i like and i just am like oh that person is dealing with their own trauma mm -hmm. and i see it someone you know someone said well my mom you know i had mommy my mom and i hate each other and so you bringing dean in without a mom is like and i was like that's your trauma right. like you should go focus on yeah. that like so yeah i just block that i don't engage mm -hmm. don't feed the trolls smart yeah, but it can't hurt to, for sure yeah you yeah. know but you have to yeah Look at the big picture. Absolutely. So do you always have experience around children or you're learning as you go? Like what is really your... I've always known I'm supposed to be a dad. So mm -hmm. I'm one of four. My mom's one of 10. I've got 40 you know, cousins. Uh, and then my siblings, I have 11 nieces and nephews. So You've got your experience. <laughs> from like they're now five or six to 15. So... <sighs> I was always around kid. You never know what it's like until you have a child. Yeah. You know, like being an uncle's fun and I would always pop in, pop out. Yeah. But um, but I just always knew deep down. Yeah. And at a certain point, you know, it was for me, it was COVID where I was March of 2020 hit. I wasn't traveling. I kind of just had this a lot going on in my life where it just hit the pause button. Mm -hmm. It's like I've done well in business. I'm gonna continue to do well in business. That doesn't really like give me that kind of meaning for life that it had. And I've had a lot of fun and I've traveled the world and I still will always love to travel, but like that didn't quite give me the, mm -hmm. you know, getting on planes and stuff. It's cool, but like, it's not that what it was it wasn't 10 as years fulfilling. ago. Yeah. COVID allowed me to hit the pause button and actually start the process mm -hmm. and then realize like I was able to like reshift my life where I decided I don't want to be a CEO managing 120 people at the Point Sky. I'm rather, you know, so I was able to reshift my role at the Point Sky to do what I love doing, mm -hmm. which is press and working, you know, potential on a TV show and working with our readers. So can we get there? We are, we are, uh, on the process, let's okay. just say. So, okay. um, I love to hear that. Cause I, first of all, I don't want to end this episode cause I'm just learning so much <laughs> and you, you have a good personality. Like you can talk to anyone, but yeah, I feel like, I don't know if your TV show is going to be teaching people or if it's going to be background yeah. into your life, which I think yeah. people do need to learn more. I don't think a podcast is enough for you. I yeah. think you need a show. I did a podcast years ago, which was fun, uh, called Talking Points. And we mm -hmm. had really fun guests. We talked about travel. But I want to do a TV show because Points, you know, the reason why I'm still here today is it's still complicated. Mm -hmm. And I want to do a show. I really want to do a travel show that teaches you how to travel. Like there's a lot of celebrity-driven travel shows that show cool destinations mm -hmm. and but I want to do this show that like fundamentally teaches you the tenets so that you can have 
you know, teach a person to fish, you know, and they'll feed themselves their whole lives or whatever that goes. Yeah. That's kind of what I want to teach people the basics. And we've done it at the Point Sky on our site, but we've got 50,000 blog posts. It's hard, especially for working parents. So I want to yeah. do a show where you can sit down, watch an episode, learn a couple things, and then see, you know, the uh, transformation in people when they start changing. And that's what it is in points. It's small things, how you pay your rent, how you pay your groceries, you know, how you pay your nanny, et cetera, all these things. And all of a sudden you've got points, you go on trips. And mm -hmm. I do believe like the power of travel to change people. Yeah. So I want that. And I do learn a lot. Sorry. I have to plug this a little bit. I learn a lot from your app. Oh. Um, I have the app. I learn a lot from it. So yeah, like other outlets that you can just start teaching people, yeah. but in an enjoyable way, I think it's yeah. incredible. So that's I've great. still got a lot of work to do. So yeah. Well, this is something I don't usually, just to finish off this episode, I don't usually ask people this, but okay, I'm a speech therapist. What do you want to learn for your son? You know, how can I help just new parents out there, single dads, single moms, couples? What do you want to learn? Is it that every child's different? Like what would help you? Well, actually, I mean, so my son's 11 and he started, you know, he says dad, dad, pretty you know, and he's like, wow, he's, he's pretty he's advanced he, today. Actually, he said like banana, like, and we we're like, and he's also my one nanny that he uh, works with is teaching him sign language. So he's, I mean, we, he's doing we support this. that. We want gestures. We want actually, sign language. just this week. He did this for enough. And I was wow. like, oh, my God. So That's he's like communication. It's so yeah. But for the parents out there who are like people are always like, oh, you know, my son is advanced in certain ways, but he still like won't fully hold his bottle himself too. So it's like while he's like walking and talking, like, there's still things that yeah. like he just started sleeping like recently. So I'm yeah. not trying to be one of those parents like my baby is infallible. Yeah, <laughs> certainly. You know, actually, this is as a single parent. So he calls me Dada, but then so my boyfriend Alex, he starts calling Alex Him Dada, Dada yeah. too, which I think is really cute. It yeah. was funny that people like squirm when that happens. I'm like, it's okay. It's cute. Yeah. But his name's Alex. So he'll say, ah, you know, but yeah. obviously Alex is very yeah. difficult. Like, what do you say? Like, and I actually had a, a gay friend who was like his daughter called him mama for a while. Mm -hmm. Cause like the, like, yeah. have you, what would, you know, you don't want to correct a child, but like when people are calling, when a child is calling someone the wrong name, like how do you help? model just be the perfect model for it? So like, let's say, cause so Alex, right? Yeah. So your boyfriend, Alex. So I would say like, okay, you know, whether you start with Dada Alex or just Alex, mm -hmm. you have to be the model. Children mm -hmm. learn from you. Um, I say this in every tip I can give. I would just say, okay, yes, I see you're looking at Alex. Alex is giving you the bottle. Data is going to be adorable. Data is also easier. Mm -hmm. um, children typically learn by labials first. So sounds that have to do with their lips and their tongue. Mm -hmm. So P's, B's, um, technically D is not, but D is one yeah. of the first sounds. Um, so I would say just model. If you're going to say, you know, Alex is here as much as you can use his name mm. to correlate who he is. So your nanny, let's say her name is Barbara, I'm making this up. Mm -hmm. So Barbara walked in the room or whatever he calls her. Um, a lot of people say to me, do you just want to say ah or Al or whatever? Mm -hmm. Say their full name. Um, it's not going to stunt them. It's X, you know, the X and Alex or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is, um, is difficult to say, but I would say model as much as you can. A lot of times children or parents talk in like what's called parentese where they'll be like, yay, and like these high pitch. <laughs> that is all fine. You can do that, but model a conversation. And I will go back to Kourtney Kardashian. From day one, that woman spoke to her kids like this. Yeah. She had a full conversation. And yes, newborns benefit from different pitch and volumes, but speak to your child as you would speak to me, to mm -hmm. Alex, to Haley, our producer, whoever it is. Be the role model. Be the script that you want your son to learn from. Final question because yes, I have a meeting. I love questions. In the, no one so asked in the me. car, I listen to music, especially – 
So how, I know, I don't try not to put it too loud or whatever, okay. how much are they, what do you recommend in the car with kids? Like what won't like hurt their ears, but what also like it's even as they get older and picking mm -hmm. up like lyrics and language, yep. like. So they're not interpreting unless you're showing them that something is either bad mm -hmm. or good. Um, wheels on the bus, those mm -hmm. things. Obviously, you are not going to listen to that for two hours straight. <laughs> so I get it. When they are alone in a room, you know, wheels on the bus, songs like that, mm -hmm. row, row, row your boat. Um, I don't really care what song you are exposing your child to, but use gestures. So mm -hmm. you had said that your your nanny is teaching like sign language. Yep. Um, you know, if it's row, row, row your boat mm -hmm. or if it's like. I don't even know, Adele, mm -hmm. um, you know, point out things that you are listening to. So as far as songs go, exposure to music is probably the best thing mm -hmm. you could do for your child. Um, granted, lyrics at some point, yeah, you yeah. know, when he's probably could, like could two and a half. At this yeah. point, in like it's a month with Taylor, your son. Yeah, I know. But okay, like Taylor Swift. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I actually have a child who, not my child, but a client that I work with who they play the music videos of the singer singing and then he started correlating like just different actions mm. with it. Hands up. So I would say expose your child to as much music as possible, but also volume. Okay. Obviously mm -hmm. not too loud. You don't want to, you know, hurt their hearing because then that will impact yeah. language exposure. But any song you want right yeah. now, every word that you expose your child yeah. to, he will learn more from. That's cool. And final thing is he's yeah. doing this funny like mimicking. So he like caught, he learned how to cough. So at the dinner table, it's like, ah, ah, like fake cough. Yeah. It's just like fun to play. It's like, we're not, yeah. Do it all. Do fake laughter. I always love that one. My niece yeah, Summer yeah. can laugh and imitate anybody's laugh. Um, imitation is a really highly um, high cognitive skill. So if they can imitate that mm -hmm. in the beginning, it's like, you know, clapping or just yeah. like opening and closing your hands. But as much as you can do it, teach him how to wink. We do goodbye. He's doing goodbye. I, yep. saw, I saw your tips on goodbye and hello and just like, Yep, all of those. Yeah. Um, even if it's like shaking his booty, you know, anything. Yeah. Modeling and imitation is a really important skill for children to know. Yeah, it was. we were in Mykonos and we started, he really started to get the beat drop. So now in my, his main nanny, she speaks Spanish to him. Yep. I want his... So we want that. We want as many agua, languages under agua. the age of three. And baile, he'll actually start like kind of like dropping yeah. to the beat. Like it was so So funny. his first birthday is going to be in like Ibiza or something oh, like that. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, the theme is Dean Toberfest because it's October on, it's on the forum. So. I love that. My summer was Summerfest, my yeah. niece. So it, that's amazing. Well, thank you for thank coming you for on. I can have me. you. I'm probably going to steal you for a few more episodes one day. <laughs> Done. Um, well, I'm learning so much too. So this is thanks. like a good partnership. Love that. All right. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. Safe travels, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the Talking With Tata podcast. Please subscribe and follow along wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever that may be. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Talking With Tata and our website, talkingwithtata.com.